Joshua 3, Joshua 3, 1 through 4, and then I'm going to skip down to verses 9 through 11. This is our foundational scripture for this series. It says this, Joshua started early the next morning and left the Acacia Grove with all the Israelites. They went as far as the Jordan and stayed there before crossing. After three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God carried by the Levitical priests, you are to break camp and follow it. Verse 4. But keep a distance about a thousand yards, that's about a mile and a half, between yourselves and the Ark. Don't go near it so that you can see the way to go, for you haven't traveled this way before. Skip down to verse 9 if you're reading in your Bibles. It says this. Then Joshua told the Israelites, come closer and listen to the words of the Lord your God. He says, listen to the words of the Lord your God. Your God, not my God, but your God. He said, you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly dispose before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Parasites, the Gergesites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Come on, somebody, all the people. When the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of the whole earth goes ahead of you into the Jordan. So today, as we continue on in our series, Selfies on Everest, I want to speak to you on the subject, Crossover. Crossover as we deal with how to move forward in this world. Will you pray with me one more time? Jesus, we love you. Father, we thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing. Father, I pray for every individual that's in this room right now. Holy Spirit, meet them right where they are. Touch them right where they are. Do what only you can do in this place. Father, I get rid of any anxiety. I get rid of any fear that would hinder me from preaching your word with boldness. And Father, I declare that in this moment, that not one life in this room leaves the same way that they came in. But I pray that wisdom and revelation knowledge will flood their minds and their hearts in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I want to give some context to this, um, this text before I get into the meat of my message and before I start yelling at you, because that probably will happen later on. Um, <laughs> uh, so this, this story in Joshua... And we've talked a lot about this foundational scripture, but I want to give some back context to it before I get into the meat of my message. Um, So Joshua was appointed to be the leader of the Israelite people after Moses had died. And so he had followed Moses for years and years and years, followed him, learned a lot from him. But then when Moses died, he appointed Joshua as the leader. And so Joshua is stepping into new territory. Joshua is stepping into a whole new position that he's never been, been through before. And so he is anointed the leader of the Israelite people. And in this text, in in Joshua 3, he's literally paving the way for the people. This is going to be the first miracle with with Joshua's leadership, the first miracle that they would ever experience. And as I started studying and as I started going deeper in this, so these Israelite people, there were millions of people, millions, following Joshua. And so millions of people were left to Joshua for, for him to lead. And I started thinking about, man, all these different people, all the different backgrounds, every, every, every place where they came from. I started thinking about, man, there's so many families. There's families, there's moms, there's dads, there's babies, there's grown-up kids, there's aunts, there's uncles. There's a tribe of people coming together. And so Joshua was appointed the leader to lead these people to a new place. Everybody shout crossover. Crossover. So this is the first miracle that Joshua had the opportunity to lead them to. And so, 
we, we're, we're wrapped up in, into, the, in, into this story. We've been, we've been sharing the scripture many times before, and we've been kind of picking and choosing different things. Pastor Jason talked about the shepherd and how we're fo- supposed to follow the good shepherd. And so in this, in this text, the Ark of the Covenant is technically the shepherd. It is leading them into a miracle. It is leading in them to their promise. It is leading them to where they need to be, okay? But they are in a position to choose whether they are going to break where they are and move forward or stay where they are and be held back. And so I'm talking about crossing over. I'm talking about crossing over and stepping into everything that God has for you. I'm talking about crossing over and stepping into a new promise that God has for you. And see, a lot of times we want to talk about the miracle. We want to talk about the promise, but we don't want to talk about what it takes to get to the promise. We're all about, man, I believe God for a miracle. And yes, God can do a miracle. But every single account in the word of God, God always used what they had, but they had to step over and cross over. There had to be action behind the miracle. But a lot of times we want the miracle with no action. Come on, 10 a.m. We want the blessing without any sacrifice. Come on. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of just deep, um, deep a little bit, dig a little bit deeper on this idea of what it means to actually cross over. What does it take for me to cross over and to step into everything that God has for me in 2020? We're so excited. We're, we have all these different things. Man, I'm excited for 2020. It's a new decade. But listen, things are going to come your way. But you have to decide every single day to cross over. You have to choose whether you're going to stay where you are or whether you're going to move forward. Amen? So this is my first point. We have a tendency to be guarded and not guided. We have a tendency to be guarded and not guided. Joshua 3, 7 through 8, it says this. The Lord spoke to Joshua. Today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel. So they will know that I will be with you just as I was with Moses. Command the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant. So the Ark of the Covenant in this time is God. So the Ark of the Covenant is literally leading them to their promise. They are following God. In this day, we would listen to the Holy Spirit. We would listen to his guidance. And we will follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. And so... In this moment, that's what the Ark of the Covenant is. So, commanded the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the water, stand in the Jordan. So, God is given in clear instruction of what to do. Then Joshua goes to the people. He hears this from God. He goes to the people and he says, listen, God told me this. Your God. I love how he says your God. He doesn't say my God. He says your God told me this. And so, he prepares them to enter into their promise. He prepares them to cross over the Jordan. So we have a tendency to be guarded and not guided. Guarded means this. It's a cautious, it's cautious and having possible reservations. That's what to be guarded means. It's to be cautious and have possible res- reservations. How many of you in this room would say that there are things that you've happened, that have happened to you in your life that you've chosen to be guarded from? That you've chosen to hide away, lock away somewhere deep inside you, never to come back up again. Each and every one of us probably have experienced some type of being guarded once in our life before, or maybe even now. And so I started thinking about, man, we have a tendency to be guarded and not guided. What does that mean? What does that mean, Pastor Andrew? We have a tendency to hold on to things and to be guarded and never allow Jesus to come in and to guide us into our healing. 
Listen, in order for you to get to your promise, you have to be guided to that promise. Amen. Oh, that's a word. Amen. Y'all, didn't, y'all you didn't get it. But in order for you to be guided to your promise, you, you have to be guided to your promise. You can't just get to your promise. But if we're not willing to open up, come on, somebody. If we're not willing to be vulnerable, if we're not really willing to tap into the little thing that we know that we've been holding on, clinging on to for so long, you will never make it to your promise. Yeah. But a lot of us, we come into church every single week, and we're saying, man, we ask God, and we're pleading with God. But listen, God can do nothing unless you do something. God cannot move in your life unless you're willing to step out. Every single miracle in the Word of God, God used what they already had. Let me break it down to you. God used David with a sling and a rock. He already had it. God used Moses to part the Red Sea with what? A staff. He already had it. But they had to walk into their promise. They had to position themselves to step out and to cross over. Come on, somebody. So we have to be able to use what we have in order to cross over to the promise. And I started thinking about this. A guard. What does a guard do? If you, if you say, hey, man, I'm not rich. So I don't have a guard. I don't know what that's like. I don't know what that's like to experience a guard. But imagine a guard, you putting a guard outside your house. And you tell that guard, do not let anybody into this door. Do not let anybody into my house. A guard literally stands firm and doesn't let anybody in. And this just came to me by the Spirit of God. It says in the Word of God, knock. He's knocking. He's knocking. He's knocking. There's a reason why God is a gentleman and he knocks. But if you don't open the door to let him in, he will keep knocking, and he will keep knocking, and he will keep knocking until you open up the door. How many times in life God is knocking and edging and wanting you to open up the door to your heart, wanting to you to open up the door to the thing that happened to you as a child, wanting you to open up the door in your marriage, wanting you to open up the door to your family? He's knocking, but you're not opening. He's continually knocking. It says it in the Word of God. I stand at the door and what? Knock. God is continuing to knock at your door, but if you're not willing to open it, listen, you'll never receive the promises of God. You'll never receive that healing that you've been wanting. You'll never experience the joy that fills your heart if you're not willing to open up the door and allow Jesus to come in and allow the Holy Spirit to move and work in your mind and in your heart. Come on, somebody. That's good news. We stand at the door, and he's continuing to knock, so we can't be guarded. We have a tendency to be guarded and not guided. We have a tendency to, to stand like this and say, no, 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 no. We come into church every single week, and we want God to do something. And we're like, ah, oh, if only God can move in my situation. If only God can move in, in my marriage. If only God can move in my family. If only God, if only God, if only God. Listen, God can do nothing unless you're willing to do something. God doesn't work that way. God works in action. And if you have no action, he cannot work. He cannot work on your behalf. He wants to give you a miracle. He wants to give you that healing. He wants to give you that blessing. But you, if you don't open up the door and allow him to come in, he can never do the work. So in this moment of crossing over, we're trying to cross over. The people of Israel are wanting to cross over, but they have a tendency to be guarded. These, These are millions and millions of people. And I started doing some research even more and come to find out a lot of the people that experienced the miracle of the parting of the Red Sea were dead in this moment. 
And so a lot of the people that experienced God doing something, a miracle in their situation, they ended up dying off. There might have been a few left, but they ended up dying out. So the majority of the people had never experienced a miracle before in their lives. They were getting ready to step into new territory. So I, I would imagine all the people just being doubt, doubtful, just being like, no, 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 I can't. I can't do this. I can't. Step over the Jordan. And the time that they stepped over the Jordan... The rivers were as high. It was like flood stage. So this wasn't a small miracle. This wasn't like they were just stepping in puddles of water and they were moving over. Because we can diminish the miracle. Come on, somebody. We can diminish what God has done in our lives as we, as we look ahead. But this is a big miracle. The, the, the Jordan was at flood stage. So they had never experienced a miracle before. How many of you guys know that if I were those people, I would be very guarded? I don't know about you, but I would be like, man, there's no way. There's no way. You want my family? I started thinking about, man, these are families. I started thinking about my children, carrying cadence, my son, carrying my daughter, carrying my wife across the Jordan River that is at flood stage. There had to be people that were doubting. There had to be people that were like, man, there's no way that God can do this. But you know what they said? Instead, they listened to God's voice because he said, I am your God. I'm going to move rivers so that you can walk through it and you can step into the promise. Amen. So God can do nothing unless you do something. Point number two. Everybody shout number two. We have a tendency to hold on rather than letting go. I'm coming for you today. I'm in your, I'm, I'm in your DMs. I'm in your email. I'm in everything. You ain't getting away from me. I'm calling you and leaving you a voicemail. Come on. And I don't even like voicemails, but I'm going to leave you a voicemail anyways. <laughs> we have a tendency to hold on rather than letting go. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19, it says this. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Do not remember the past. Do not remember the past events. Pay no attention to the things of old. Look, this is God speaking. Look, I am doing, I am about to do something new. Notice that God can do nothing unless you do something. I am about to do something new. Even now, it is coming. Do you not see it? So he asked him a question. He's like, do you not see what I'm about to do? And they're like, no, we don't see what you're about to do. It looks like the waters are still flooded to me. I don't see nothing. I'm looking. I'm trying to see it. I'm trying to see me crossed over. I don't see it. I don't see it, Jesus. So in this moment, he's like, look at it. See it. What was he trying to get them to do? He was trying to get them to see it with their supernaturalized rather than their natural eyes. And a lot of us, we're looking at the natural that is around us, yet we're not willing to go into the supernatural and say, yes, and I know that word supernatural is a little scary to you, but the reality is that we are living in the supernatural when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior and we will allow the Holy Spirit to come into our life. We are not to operate in this world. We are in it, but we are not of it. And so these people are operating. He's saying, look at it. See with your own eyes. See with your spiritual eyes what I'm about to do. Because he wants to see, he wants them to see it before they can step into it. And a lot of us in this room today, we're not being able to see what God is going to do so we can step into it. We're too afraid. We're holding on to the past yep. rather than stepping into the future. Yep. Amen. 
We're walking around holding on saying, God, do a work in me. God, do a work in me. God, do a work in me. But then we're not releasing the thing that he wants to do a work in. We're saying, God, do a work. And we're holding our hands like this in worship. God, do a work. And God's looking at you like, release. I can't do a work until you let go. I can't flood your heart until you let go. I can't heal your family until you let go. I can't bless your marriage until you let go. So a lot of us, we're holding on to something so tight, and God is saying, release it, let it go. We have a tendency to hold on. And this is just our natural human inclination, is to hold on. Like, we want to hold on to everything. We want to fix everything. We want everything to work out how we want it to work out. We want to do everything in our own strength and in our own power. Because that's our human nature. But it doesn't work like that in the kingdom of God. It doesn't work like that when you come into God's kingdom. When you come into God's kingdom, he's saying, no, you have to release everything. You have to release everything that you're holding on to so that I can do a work in your life. But yet we're walking around being held down by our past. Being held down by our past. So this says, do not remember the past events. It says, don't remember it. If God is going to do something in your life, and this is the thing too. God has done a miracle in your life. But isn't it crazy how we forget the miracle that he's done because we're in the present of wanting another miracle? We forget the miracle that God has done because we're in the present of wanting another miracle. We're always wanting something else, but then we can't think about, man, God, you brought me out of that, that, that mess. You saved me from marrying that dude. Praise the Lord. You saved me from marrying that girl. Thank you, Jesus, because that was the wrong person. I shouldn't have been messing around anyways. But you know what? I, like, we say these things, but because we're in the present, we forget about the miracles that God has done for us in the past. And I wonder if we would start remembering the miracles that God has done and how he's blessed us in our lives. I wonder if we would enter into the promise even better. If, I wonder if we would step into the promise and cross over with ease. Because we know our God. We know what he's done. We know that he can, he can make rivers in the desert. And so I love this. Do not remember the past events. Pay attention to no things of old, nothing of old. Look, I am about to do something new. Even now it is coming. Do you not see it? Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. He will literally make rivers in the desert. He will make rivers in your situation. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. But God will literally make a river in the desert. How many of you in this room would say that you're holding on to something? Come on. That should be almost all of us. We're all holding on to something. And I started thinking about this. Of course, that God can do nothing unless we do something. But then I started thinking about, man, God really wants to work a miracle. Like, his job and his love for us, he really wants to make a miracle happen in your life. Like, it's not like he's holding back. Do you, like, it's not like God is like, no, I'm going to hold this one forever until they get 90 years old. They're going to be dealing with that for the rest of their life. And he's sitting up on the throne, like, looking at you like, oh, well. <laughs> That's not our God. Amen. God wants to make a river in the desert for you. 
God wants to heal your marriage. God wants to save your family. God wants to save your friends. God wants to do a miracle in your life. He is just wanting you to yield yourself to him and say, Lord, I'm opening up to you. Whatever you want me to do, I will step out and do it. Amen. I will stop carrying my past. I will stop holding on to my past. So we have a tendency to hold on rather than letting go. And I want to read this scripture. It's not going to be on the screen. I just added it this morning. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. This is in Isaiah 43, chapter 2, NIV version. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. So this is God bringing them out. I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. How many of you guys know that every single word in there was an action step? When you... When you pass through the waters, when you take action, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. All of these are action steps. It takes action in every single one of those things. But then in order for us to get the promise, there has to be action attached to it. He wants you to do something. He says, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. When you walk through the rivers, the rivers will not consume you. When you choose to step out, when you choose to do what God has called you to do, when you choose to cross over, God will meet you on the other side. And God will be with you as you cross over. You see, the miracle was in the movement. Ooh, that was good. Man, the miracle was in the movement. And a lot of times we miss this. If they would have chosen to stay at the camp where they were at, there would have never been a miracle. Come on, 10 a.m. If they would have chosen to stay put, God would have, they would have never experienced a miracle. They would have never experienced crossing over the Jordan. The miracle was in the movement. Can I propose to you today to get moving, get up off your couch, start confessing the word of God, start believing what he has said over you, over your life, and get moving. The miracle that you need is in the movement. The miracle that you've been longing for over your life is in the movement. You can't stay where, right where you are. And you know what? Some of us movement might look like this. It might look like just confessing. Man, by your stripes I am healed if you're dealing with sickness in your body. That's movement. It might just be, man, my marriage is not going okay. But you know what? I'm believing for this marriage. I'm believing the best thing is yet to come. So I thank you. You have my marriage. It's opening up your mouth and speaking what the word of God says. The miracle is in the movement. But if you sit still, you'll never be able to experience your miracle. If you stay put, you'll never enter into the promise. The miracle was actually in the movement. It wasn't until they started stepping in. It says, step in the Jordan's edge. It literally says that. Step in the Jordan. So I'm imagining them stepping into the edge of a flooded water. This just looks silly. <laughs> I'm literally imagining them stepping into the Jordan and saying, okay, okay, well, Lord, okay, I'm going to step in. But, Lord, are you, I don't know if you're going to do something. They <laughs> <I'm like, laughs> <laughs> <We> ain't moving. <laughs> until they started stepping in with faith. 
Come on, somebody. They stepped in, and then the water started to part. Amen. The miracle is in the movement. If you don't step in and step out, you'll never cross over. True. The water will still be there. And the water represents anything that's in your life. It doesn't represent just, just water. It represents the things that you're going through in your life. The miracle that you've been believing God for. The thing that you've been wrestling with and struggling with that nobody knows. The thing that you've held on to as a child. The thing that you're holding on to even till this day that you're not letting go of. If you don't choose to step out, you'll never cross over. Yeah. The miracle is in the movement. It's not in sitting still. It's being active in our faith. It's being active with what God has called us to do. It's taking action and believing that the best is yet to come. Believing that the miracle is on the other side. Believing that I can step into the promised land. And I will step into the promised land as I continue to move. The miracle is in the movement. Everybody shout number, number three. The last point. We have a tendency to stay put rather than moving forward. We have a tendency to stay put rather than moving forward. Joshua 3, 14 through 17, it says this. When the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carried the Ark of the Covenant ahead of the people. Now the Jordan overflows its banks throughout the harvest season. But as soon as the priests carrying the Ark reached the Jordan, their feet touched the water at its edge. And the water flowing downstream stood still. Rising up in a mass that extended as far as Adam, a city next to Zartan, the water flowing downstream into the Sea of Arabah, the Dead Sea was completely cut off. And the people crossed opposite of Jericho. The priest carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood firmly on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan. While all Israel, all Israel, millions of people, millions of people, millions of people, that's a miracle within itself. Millions of people were choosing to step over and cross over into the promise. And so the, the, the water had to be split. I don't even know how long that took. I don't even want to imagine what it takes to have a million people cross over the Jordan River. But that was probably a long time. And you know what? People probably were doubting while they were walking. They're probably like, I'm going first. I'm going to run. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> That's what that, that would be me. I'd be like, I'm the first one behind it, you know. Lord, you told me not to get close to the Ark of the Covenant, but I, I, I gotta get a little bit closer because it's protecting me. That would have been me, but millions of people crossed over the Jordan. And so while all the Israelites crossed on dry ground until the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan. You see, if Joshua and the Israelite people would have stayed put, they would have never experienced the promised land. Amen. And I think about this. Even when God makes a way, it is always scary. Amen. It is always scary. When we're having to rely on, on this thing called faith and when we're having to walk and do all these different things that God has called us to do and stepping out, how many of you guys know that it takes guts in order to do that? It takes determination, and it takes faith in order to step out and believe that God will carry me through. And so in this moment, this is, this is a miracle. So the Israelites would have never experienced the promise had they not been willing to step over. 
You see, even though God is with us, it still might be scary. And can I propose that it probably is scary? Because when we're, when we're choosing to step over into something that, that's unknown, and listen, they, have never been, they had never been to the promised land before. So they don't even know what's on the other side. So you know what they're going to have to do? And we're going to continue on in this, in, this, in this message over the next few weeks as I preach. But you know what they had to do when they crossed over? They had to still believe God for another miracle. And you see, a lot of us are wanting a miracle, and that's it from God. But can I propose to you that even if you have a miracle, say, say everything was going well in our life. Everything was perfect. Everything was fine. The beautiful thing about sacrifice and obedience is that I have to depend on my Savior. So even when I receive a miracle, there's going to be something else that comes knocking at your door. Amen. That's going to require a Savior. If our lives were so perfect, we wouldn't need a Savior. Come on. We wouldn't need to be rescued. If our lives were so great and everything was awesome, we would never have a need for a Savior. And so even as they stepped over into the promise, they still had to believe God for another miracle. They still had to fight armies that were against them to take over the promise that God had called them to. They still had to fight a battle and believe God for another miracle that God would bring them out of that miracle. So I want to start thinking about man. Like, yes, we, we do need miracles in our lives. But you know what? Instead of a miracle, I want to be in desperation of my Savior. I don't need a miracle. I need my Savior. I don't need God just to work everything out in my life. No, I need him in my life. I need him to take control of my life. But a lot of us, we're wanting a miracle. We're wanting a miracle. We believe in God for a miracle. We believe in God for healing. We believe in God for our families. We believe in God. And that is great. You should be standing in the gap for those people. But you know what? More than anything else, you know what we need? We need Jesus. We need Jesus. We need a Savior. And so God will always keep you in desperation of needing him. Always. It's not all hunky-dory when you come in and you become a Christian. Yes, life is better with Jesus. I will say that. But all throughout the scripture, even when Jesus was on this earth, people had to sacrifice. And I think sometimes we don't talk about the sacrifice that it takes to get to the promise. We always talk about the blessing, the blessings of God, the blessings of this, the blessings of that. And that's amazing. And God does bless you, and he wants to bless you, and he will bless you. We always talk about all these different things, but we don't talk about the sacrifice and the obedience that it takes to walk through the promise, the hardship that we face to walk to the promise. We want everything to be smooth sailing. We we want our lives to be so easy. But you know what? When you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's not going to be easy. And I want to be the first one. I'm sorry if people have told you that if you become a Christian, that it would be great and it would be awesome and everything's going to work out in your favor. You know what? Everything will work out. But there will be sacrifice. 
And there will have to be obedience to your sacrifice in order to walk into everything that God has for you. Amen. That's just the name of the game. You look at Jesus, his life was not easy. He didn't even want to endure the cross. But he did it. His disciples had to leave everything behind. But they did it. And God continued to bless him. No matter what. See, this, this message today is about obedience. We're talking about climbing up a mountain. We're talking about getting up to the top with, with people that are around you. But at the end of the day, if you're not obedient to what he's called you to do, you'll never enter into the promise. We'll never get to the top of the mountain. We'll stay at the bottom, wanting, man, that looks good from, from down here. I wish I could make it up there. But yet we're not willing to cross over. We want to stay put in our dysfunction. We want to stay put. We don't want to have any conviction. The moment a pastor comes to you and convicts you, everything just sucks. <laughs> but can I propose to you that conviction can get you to your healing? Yeah. That conviction can break the chains that have been bounding you for so long. That's, that's what conviction is. It's to get you to a new place and stop living the same way. Stop doing the things that you used to do. Stop doing the same old stuff over and over and over. We should be able to come into this place and be convicted by the power of the Holy Spirit and say, man, I'm going to cross over. I'm going to step into new territory. I'm going to step into everything that God has for me. You see, even when his life is hard, cross over. Come on, say it with me. Even when you are stressed out, cross over. Even when your marriage is failing, even when there's sickness in your body, cross over. even when your friends don't love Jesus, cross over. Cross over. Step into everything that God has for you. It's amazing that this is a new decade, but you know what? Today is a new day. I don't even care about a decade. I care about a new day. It says in the word of God that, that it is a new day in him that you can choose to walk with him every single day. And you can wake up and say, Lord, yesterday wasn't great, but I thank you that it's a new day. I'm going to cross over. I'm going to cross over in my marriage. I'm going to be all that you've called me to be. I'm going to be the husband that loves my family despite what I think. I'm going to cross over. Every single, you know why I, I entitled this crossover? And I didn't just name it some, like, crazy name. It's because I want you to remember these things. When life comes knocking at your door tomorrow, you're going to say, no, 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 no. Pastor Andrew said, cross over. This is easy. I'm just going to step out, and I'm going to cross over. I'm going to step into everything that God has for me. I'm going to cross over with a boldness because I know who's behind me. I know who goes before me. I know everything because Jesus is living on the inside of me. By the Holy Spirit, I'm going to cross over.